Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 133 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott with you, taking you home on this Friday edition of Oilers Now. We'll be back with live programming on Tuesday, of course, the holiday Monday, so we'll have the best of show then, hosted by yours truly as well. Royal Pizza is pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 49 years. For menu and locations, visit royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Excited to get a chance uh, for the first time to talk to uh, a former television personality here in Canada, now uh, a radio host on Sirius XM. Uh, it's called The Power Play on NHL Network Radio, Steve Coolius. Steve, appreciate you joining in. I'm going to start out of the gates with an interesting one. You work alongside one of the most notorious uh, pests in hockey history and Matt Barnaby. Uh, just give me a thought on what it's like having him as a partner. Matthew's a great guy. He'd give you the shirt off his back. Uh, he is off the air like he was on the ice, a little more controlled as he gets older. A lot of energy, loves the game. Don't be fooled. He loves skill. He loves the modern game. He's very articulate. I think he does a great job. I love working with him. So, Steve, we're going to talk uh, some coaching candidates for the Edmonton Oilers here, but I want to start off by talking about what's dominated hockey headlines in the past, uh, well, really all playoffs long, and it seems to frequently benefit the San Jose Sharks, but the officiating, the video review system, uh, just give me a thought on sort of what's been going on in this postseason. Is it a developing problem, or, or and how do they go about fixing it? Well, I'll go right to that I think the game is so fast, and we're in an era where even when Matthew had retired, he said, oh, my God, I'm watching at Christmas, and the game I left last year is already way faster three months in, and that was in 06 and 07. Where we are now with the kids coming into the game, the skill, uh, the skill development, the speed, less hooking and holding, of course, and you can fly everywhere on the ice. The game's so much faster. It's that much harder to officiate. I'm not blaming the officials when they honestly don't know what happened on the ice. And they say, well, how could they miss this? If four guys miss it, who are trained to see as much as they can, that's got to tell you something about being blocked out, about the speed, about not being sure. So I can fix it like this. Starting in the Stanley Cup final, Bill McCreary or Brad Watson or Dan Marawelli or Dave Jackson, recently retired referees, are up in a video booth with three monitors, with a technician there that can quickly rewind and play, it would be more review, but faster. So 
when David Perron flips the puck over the glass, Bill says to the kid, rack that back. Give me another angle. I got it. So as they're wondering what the call was, he buzzes down to Dan O'Rourke. Dan, 100%, I've got the right answer. Penalty to 57. And Dan says, thank you. And you're in the box. That's not more review and slowing the game down. That's quicker review and being on top of it in real time. I don't want to send the guy over to the penalty box and look at the tablets. I will do it under my system. Every game from now on, we'll have five officials and three referees, one of which is never on the ice, is upstairs and in the ear of the senior guy. I believe this is the future. I believe the league is honestly considering this. Eyes in the sky. If they only use it for, you know, over glass penalties or um, a situation with five minutes like San Jose and Vegas, that's shame on them. It has to be open to anything they believe is egregious. That's what I would do. I wouldn't overanalyze it. The game the other night, San Jose and St. Louis, they only would have had to speak to each other twice. Puck over glass, and that's a hand pass. I called that from home. They can do it eyes in the sky like that, my friend. And they have the third or the off-ice official sitting there anyway, just as they're in a reserve role. So you may as well utilize them the same way that they have it in the world of soccer, Steve, which I think is very similar to what you're suggesting there with the video assistant referee, which I think was a tremendous asset for them in the World Cup when they rolled it out. No reason that the NHL couldn't do the same thing. Absolutely. And I think we're at a point where either we stay the same and get ridiculed or we move forward with more of the answers. We're not going to video review an icing. We're not going to video review every little call. We're going to video review only what is egregious and what these guys need help with. We're not going to say, that actually wasn't a good trip. He actually, no, 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 we're not doing that. We're doing things that stick out like a sore thumb, and I would abolish the offside challenge as it exists. I know Gary doesn't like it. Some of the GMs now are saying, why are we doing this? So, under my system, if there's a egregious Matt Duchesne offside, eyes in the sky can solve that problem. And I think that this system honestly will work, as you mentioned, World Cup and soccer and everything else, way better than when we have now. And I ask you this. All the issues we've had in the playoffs, puck off a netting in Columbus or the San Jose calls, all of it would be saved under my system in real time. We would waste no time getting the right call, my friend. Chatting with Steve Coolius on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. It's interesting you bring that up because Brian Burke said the same thing, that the, the idea of all this was to, to benefit the people who have paid for the tickets sitting in the stadium. They don't want to slow the game down for them, but when you're talking about potentially having a, you know, a Stanley Cup finalist with an asterisk next to their name because of the amount of calls that they have seemingly benefited from, you're compromising the integrity of the game, Steve. Yep, and that's what's scary. And the great thing about Eyes in the Sky is that person could also save the moment. For example, you've got uh, Bobby Orr's famous goal. Well, you imagine if we have offside challenges then, and that guy who's in charge, the Bill McCreary, in overtime says to the guy, make sure that was okay, make sure that was okay. And, and okay, it's good. So at that point, at that point, 
offside challenges under our current system are done. Last two minutes of the game and all um, overtime. If you already know it was good, you can signal down good goal so that any any discrepancy doesn't wreck the moment. You imagine Mario Lemieux's goal or Bobby Orr's goal or John Tonelli's or Bob Knight's from he scores, and we have to wait. We also don't want to wreck the moment because sports is about moments. So if we're on it, then we know ahead of time that it's good so we can send everyone home and enjoying the in-game experience. I really, really like this system. I really do. I don't think it's perfect because I'm sure we'll find flaws. But when you already know going into it that the play is onside or that the puck was gloved ahead but then it went off a stick so it's okay, that means you're on top of it now. And I think that this system could really benefit the game. Chatting with the host of Power Play on Sirius XM's NHL Network Radio, Steve Coolius. Steve, uh, one of the narratives out here is, of course, the coaching search, but the other one, the first move made by general manager Ken Holland here in Edmonton was to part ways with uh, Craig McTavish, a longtime member of what's widely uh, kind of regarded as the old boys club here in Edmonton. What do you think of the move by Holland to sort of stamp his name on the franchise really within the first week and a half? Well, for me, when I look at coaches in and around the NHL and what's been done, we uh, talked to Joe Quinville yesterday in our show. I think that's obviously a great hire. I know they wanted him in Philadelphia, so they go to plan B in Elaine Vigneault. Buffalo may have gone to plan A, plan B, plan C, um, you know, with Todd McClellan and everything else. For me, and I believe that Quinville in Florida – Vino in Philadelphia, Ralph Kruger, even though he's been out of the game, short-term, Todd McClellan in L.A., short-term, and whoever ends up coming in Edmonton, if, to me, if it's Dave Tippett, I believe short-term that these coaches will have an effect on their current clubs. Dave Tippett short-term gives the Oilers the best chance to be close to the playoffs, closer than they were this year. I think that's the direction that the Oilers will go and should go. And I think that when you look at what he's been able to do and the people I've talked to that have played underneath him, his attention to detail, I'm surprised he's been out of the game this long. When you make decisions like McClellan and Shirelli and are good hockey people, just because it doesn't work out doesn't mean they're not good at what they do. It means the moves that they made and the personnel they had here that they either put together or worked with wasn't the right fit. I do believe that in the decisions that are made so far, short-term, that these clubs will be better. It might be only be marginally better than they were a year ago. And that the best-case scenario for the Edmonton Oilers, McDavid, Dreisaitl moving forward, is a Dave Tippett at the helm in Edmonton. I believe that's going to happen. My only real concern is, why did they approve Miko Koskinen three years, $4 million and change? They should have left that for the new GM, but that's nor here nor there right now. I believe that's the route the Oilers will go and should go. It's interesting you say that because talk around these parts, Steve, has been Todd Nelson as such a player's coach. Uh, he has the very close ties to Ken Holland, having worked underneath him in the AHL level over in uh, Grand Rapids. Uh, what do you think about them bringing in maybe somebody who could be a longer-term fit uh, and what the fans at least perceive as a player's coach? Well, I think in today's day, what's challenging is the player has changed. You know, I was taught a long time ago that 
It's about the Oreo cookie. If you really want to talk about a player's back check, you have to say, you know, great job blocking that shot in the first. Oh, by the way, you got to come back hard through the middle, and that guy's your guy. You know, he almost scored. That guy's your guy. Uh, and by the way, great job on the faceoff. You know, you almost have to Oreo cookie. The real story's in the middle, but you have to say two good things to get your point across. With millennials now and the phone and Twitter and, and, and everything else, it's a different style. You can be older and get it, but you better get it. You better understand their world. You better understand what they're dealing with. And, and that's why Scotty Bowman for years was always so good adapting as he got older. You know, you're cool and young at 26 and 36 and maybe in your early 40s, but you can't stay uncurrent. You've got to stay current. And I think the thing about being a player's coach now is you've got to be hard. You've got to be tough. You've got to be fair. And then you've got to give them their time. And those four key elements are balance. Coaches have talked about it. Some walk it better than others, but boy, you don't need to be loved by your 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 players, but they got to respect you and like you in the key situations, or it will not work. A couple more for Steve Coolius here as we're chatting with the host of the Power Play on Sirius XM NHL Network Radio. Uh, Ralph Kruger was uh, at least at some point perhaps considered here in Edmonton. Steve, uh, he's now with Buffalo, and we've had a couple people on the show throughout the week with very differing opinions on him of course a dominant uh, international resume but not much to speak of in the nhl what do you think of of ralph Kruger stepping into an nhl head coaching role well i do believe it was option two three or four i believe it is a gamble but i ask you this new england patriots have done very well there were way more critics than there were supporters of bill belichick you're recycling bill belichick Going back in hockey, people said, Glenn Sather, the fourth liner of the Rangers, you're getting him to run your program? What's he ever done? What's Bill Belichick ever done? Who the hell is Lou Lamorello? (laughs) He's a U.S. college coach. You're going to get him to run the Devils? He'll never win. Obviously, we know the stories. That doesn't mean this will work out to be Oilers or Patriots or Devils-like. But sometimes going an untraditional route is the best policy for your club and let's be honest they were deep into it and lost out on people who rather not be in buffalo and i think what jason bottrell said you know what this guy is multi-dimensional this guy's a modern 59 year old he's 59 but it's not like he's out of touch it is a gamble there's no doubt about it he'll his success will come down to two guys lena's Holmark. And Carter Hutton, do they have the goaltending? And how Jason Bottrell fixes everything other than the first line, and that includes the defense. The Sabres are not in a good, talented spot as they think that they are, and they need work. They might lose Jeff Skinner. So he's in a tough situation. And that's why I I think when we look at how these guys do, we have to relate it to the talent that they've got and some of the talent that they're going to get. I did at the World Cup in a small sample size, and the players from all over the world on that team were raving about his X's and O's, his people skills, how they made them better, and how they made a tough situation work. You know what? There's a lot of similarities to that, to where the Sabres are right now. It's easy to point the finger because he's not part of our club or in North America or in the CHL and everything else. At the end of the day, a lot of people like Ralph and want it to work. We all know this. 
show me some skill and talent, and I'll show you a good coach. We'll see what skill and talent Buffalo gets from Jason Bottrell in the offseason. And we'll end on the topic of skill and talent. It's been on full display for Capo Caco over at the World Hockey Championships. Do you put any stock into him maybe closing the gap and making New Jersey's decision harder with that number one overall pick uh, over Jack Hughes, perhaps? I really believe this, and here's the truth in life. We would really know the truth if both players were Finnish, American, Canadian, Russian, and you got rid of the feel-good story of the National Development Program, the skill, the record-setting, and everything else, clearly Capo Caco will be more NHL-ready next year than Jack Hughes. I do believe that. I think it's unbelievable he's had a better World Senior Championship than he did World Junior Championship. He's got six goals now in four games. He had two this year in seven games. That's unbelievable. I think it's going to be more like Hall and Sagan that you can't go wrong. I think right now most would argue, given a choice, they probably would have had Sagan first. He's more durable. Uh, He's a centerman. At the end of the day, though, both teams got good players. I believe either can't go wrong, but the Devils, who like homegrown talent, especially when Lou was there, I believe it will be Jack Hughes for sure regardless what Capo Caco does at the World Hockey Championship, which means the New York Rangers are salivating like Pavlov's dog. Absolutely great stuff from you, Steve Coolius. Appreciate it and would love to have you back on sometime soon. Great stuff. The energy from Steve Coolius. 150 here in Edmonton. Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. We're back in a moment to wrap up the show. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Brendan Escott with you here as we wrap up the week that was for Oilers Now. Uh, we're off on Monday, so it will be a best of show. And then we're back with uh, Bob and Mark Spector for our friends at Horse Racing Alberta on Tuesday. Uh, Donner in Vancouver wants me to reference back to a text from yesterday. This is on the subject of uh, of fixing the video review process. It's a, it's a unique take here. The answer is simple. Uh, each team gets two challenges to review whatever egregious error they want. But if they're wrong, a five-minute major for delay of game. That way, teams will only challenge clearly egregious errors. Teams won't challenge the iffy calls because they're not going to be absolutely sure how the review official will decide. Uh, again, from Dunner in North Vancouver. I uh, appreciate you tuning in from the West Coast, Dunner. And you know what? That's uh, I don't imagine many teams would like the sound of that, but it's a unique take and, and certainly one of many possible solutions as we know something has to be done. Just not sure what yet. Shane in Saskatoon says, we all know that coaching was not the problem in Edmonton this year. Too much change is not ideal. Change some player personnel? Hopefully. Check. Change some management? Check. Change some scouts? Hopefully promote Gollitson. He's the man to lead these players. So there's a vote for uh, assistant coach right now, Glenn Gullitson, who Elliot Friedman suggested will be one of those getting interviewed by Ken Holland. Uh, possibly as soon as next week, we will know who the head coach of the Edmonton Oilers will be heading into this season. We'll see. That's about as good as I've got for you right now. To this day in Oilers history, back in 1987, Yari Curry 
Paul Coffey and Wayne Gretzky all tally a goal and an assist to lead the Oilers past Rick Tockett and the Philadelphia Flyers in Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Final at Northlands Coliseum. Every time we do this feature, I wonder how many people are tuning in that might have been there at that game or at least have some sort of connection to that. Uh, that's super interesting to me. You should, uh, if you have, if you've got some sort of tie to that particular day of this day in Oilers history, hit us up at 6.30, on the Heartland Ford text line. That about does it for me here on Oilers Now. Uh, again, Bob back in next week. It's always fun connecting with you. Tonight on 6.30, Chad, we've got game four between St. Louis and San Jose. Six o'clock puck drop. How will the Blues respond to being absolutely hosed in game three? Expect a fire under them. Next week, as we mentioned, best of show on Monday for the Victoria Day holiday. Back with Stoffer and Spectre on Tuesday for our friends at Horse Racing Alberta. Up next, we've got a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News with Jalen Nye. Brendan Escott, signing off here from the 6.30 Chet Studios. Have an excellent, fun, safe, long weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chet.